All right. Well, good morning again, Hillside. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Hey, I would love it if we could begin uh, this moment together as I prepare to speak on part four of the Lord's Prayer. Let's pray this prayer together. Would you would you say it with me? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who've trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Today's line from the Lord's Prayer is an important line in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Up to this point in the Lord's Prayer, we have spent time worshiping Adoring the Lord. If you remember that first line, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then we pivot to the surrendering and submission of our will and not submission to any will, but to his will. And we pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then we move to some of our own needs. Um, Give us today our daily bread. And if you've been following along or you've listened online, you know we've, we've laid the, the groundwork every, every time on how this prayer is really not only a prayer, but it also the direction for our life as Christ followers. And in today's content, it's particularly clear of how this prayer leads us to a more abundant, a more full life. And a more authentic life before God and before others. It is the request to God for forgiveness. And then it is the pivot from receiving forgiveness to extending forgiveness. I wouldn't blame you if you wanted to skip over this part of the Lord's Prayer. You know, there, I don't want to say easier portions of the Lord's Prayer, but perhaps less significant to our own soul portions of the Lord's Prayer. Nothing can be quite inconvenient, um, dare I say even inappropriate, when we think about the extension of forgiveness from ourselves towards others. Truth be told, we use the word trespass, but sin Maybe you grew up with the Lord's Prayer and you're like, Father, forgive me my sins as I forgive those who've sinned against me. That's completely uh, adequate. Uh, the, the word debt has also been um, used in, in many translations, right? Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who are indebted towards us. And where the Lord is leading us in this prayer is to forever be mindful of our need and Continuing our receptivity of grace, of pardon, of mercy. But notice Jesus doesn't put a full stop or a period at the end of that. 
No, he pivots us to be the kingdom people, the Christ people, the Christian in our society, that we would extend that mercy, we would extend that pardon, that we would extend his grace. And there are many times, I want to be forthright in telling you, there are many times this isn't easy, this isn't convenient, and quite frankly, it feels inappropriate when we consider how we've been trespassed against. And yet, despite all of that, Jesus invites us into the kingdom way. Remember, Jesus said he's the truth. And the truth will set you free. He says, I'm the way and his ways lead to the abundant life. And finally, he says, I am the life. And in him, we have true life. So despite the difficulty of today's content, I want to encourage you that we pray into it. There are certain contents and certain promises we participate in the kingdom. And our first foot in the door is prayer. There are things we can only pray ourselves into. Some of you, the content or the idea of forgiveness, it does not seem realistic in this moment in time. And yet, I'm here to encourage you, to inspire you, not with my own words, but with the words of our Lord, that he would gift his disciples and he would gift us today. Forgiving, forgiving, forgiving others. It's his way and it's his call his invitation to each one of us. And so today I've, I've broken it into two parts. The first part will be fairly quick. Today I'll talk, the first part is that first part of the prayer. Forgive our trespasses. Like every day, I'm asking the Lord to forgive me of my sins. Now, it's been transformed in the last 30 years of my life from when I was asking for his forgiveness at 11 compared to in 41. I now have a greater grasp of the width, the depth, the love of God. And it's less a, hey, forgive me. Don't, don't, you know, be upset or mad with me. But now I really realize I've become more aware of how often and frequently I miss the mark, and yet how consistently kind and compassionate and generous or reckless this deep love of our Heavenly Father is that every sin, every time, is covered by the blood of Jesus by the mercy of heaven. And so I don't hesitate to stand before you and say, I'm I'm a man who trespasses. I'm a man who makes mistakes. I sin. And yet I never hesitate to say, I am a recipient of our heavenly father's pardon. Not in my own strength. It's, It's not according to my own ability. But it has come through the reckoning moments of prayer to experience that deep and lavish forgiveness of God. And Jesus knows this about the Father. And he dispatches this line to the earliest disciples, his closest 12, that one of them came up to him in Luke chapter 11, verse 1 and 2, and says, look, we've been noticing how you pray, Jesus. We've been watching you. Would you teach us? Teach us how to pray. And so Jesus said, when you pray, say. And guess what? He says, forgive our trespasses. 
It's to come up under the leadership of King Jesus, to come up under the good kingdom of our heavenly father that he has established, knowing full well that we are a people that trespass against his will, against his ways, honestly, against his word that he's laid out for us in the scripture and also according to the prompting of the Holy Spirit who now fills us. That every time I miss the mark or I make a movement away, I remember, man, I am a man being made whole. I'm not whole yet, but I'm becoming more whole. And I'm a man in need of the forgiveness of God. And so the Lord's prayer, it keeps us, it holds us steadfast. Not a posture of false humility, not a posture of striving and um, begging God, but a posture that is at peace, confident, assured in my heavenly father's love for me, that I can walk loved and remain humble in my need of his love, of his mercy and of his pardon. It's a loaded statement. It's three words, forgive our trespasses. But it's a posture of the heart that leads us to abundant life. I love what 1 John 1, 9 and 10, it says this. If we confess our sins, I mean, that is a radical statement, a radical invitation. And I like that if we, the if we part of that phrase, we may have grown up in a house like, hey, if I admit I'm wrong, man, the hammer is coming down. If I admit I've made a mistake, oh my gosh. Pastor Paul, you had no idea what I had to endure. If I admit my wrongdoing, like if I confess my sins, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't do that in this house. You know what I mean? We were maybe shown not the way of repentance, but the way of arrogance. It could be easy in our culture to be trained in such a way that we're never wrong, that we're never in need of pardon. We're never in need of mercy. Like every argument I enter, I've got to win. We can even carry that into our spiritual life. And so we must recognize we're not here to argue with God. We're here to receive his grace and his mercy. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, here's what happens. Here's what we get every single time. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's the beauty of confession. It's the beauty of the admission of our wrongdoing. You know, some of you may have grown up in a culture that if you confess your sins, you were given some Hail Marys and some Lord's prayers. You got to say I think initially that may have been well-intentioned, but it can be broken down pretty quickly because, again, we apply our works to the mercy of heaven. Over the long years or short years, the full years, the lighter years of life, I've begun to realize, man, there is nothing we can do in our own strength to deserve his amazing grace other than to come before him, reassure our hearts that our Heavenly Father, as 1 John said, is faithful and he is just to forgive our sins. And as I said at the beginning, it doesn't end here. This prayer does not suddenly pivot to the next stop 
Do not lead us into temptation. No, it doesn't go there just yet. First, we are now commanded, instructed by God to extend that forgiveness to others. As Jesus invited us to pray, as we, as we, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Now, this is typically the most difficult portion of this line of the prayer. Once we have received and invited the Lord into our lives, we can many times enter um, somewhat of a honeymoon phase in our faith. I pray we never lose that honeymoon sense of our faith, that we would continue to come before the Lord, receiving his amazing grace and mercy. But we realize very quickly that the great deep mystery of his mercy and kindness that saved us. I remember as a seven-year-old kneeling and being led in the sinner's prayer and receiving the grace of God and beginning to cultivate that grace in my life. I still remember that day marked by it, changed, transformed, redirected my life. And I'm so grateful for the Lord at meeting me in that place at seven years old. But I'll tell you, seven years old, I was able to receive the grace of God. But it would take not another seven. <laughs> it would take about another 30 years for me to begin to cultivate a heart that could now live the second part of that prayer. And that is not only to receive the forgiveness, but now to extend the forgiveness of God. And I'll tell you, Scripture encourages us. It always encourages us as we enter Relationships with others. Paul's always encouraging the early Christians in his letters. Have the mind of Christ. Have the mind of Christ. Have the mind of Christ. Be like Christ. Why is Paul doing that? Because he knows it's by the power of the Spirit that we can enter the second part. And it's only by envisioning the mercy we receive from God that we are now willing to extend that forgiveness to others. Because there are going to be people who trespass. There are going to be people who intentionally or unintentionally cause trauma in our lives and in our souls. Truth be told, some of us are here today. We're never getting back what was taken from us years ago. It's marked us. And now we're in church again. And the pastor, we're here maybe for the first time. And it's another church and another pastor telling us the ways of Jesus to revisit the past, to revisit the significance of the hurt, the pain, the trauma we endured, and somehow slowly, mind you, to begin to process and take the steps to letting go of the bitterness and the remorse and the heartache we've grown so accustomed to experiencing. It's the journey that Jesus would live and that Jesus would take He's not asking anything of us that he would not extend towards us. And in this season leading up to Easter, for many that Lent season, we participate in a repentance of sorts, a examination of sorts. And the beauty of that is 
that we look to Jesus, that we reflect upon him and his work. And it's from that state we remind ourselves that on the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And Jesus has led his disciples. They, they can't be too confused when he says that from the cross. Because they would remember years before when he gifted them the Lord's Prayer that he added, as we forgive those who trespass against us. I want to say this is some holy ground. This is some territory we need to slow down and enter a reflective, contemplative prayer life. It's to slow down. I'm not just saying we do this every day, multiple times a day. No, I'm saying that we take seasons, maybe take portions of a day, a week to reflect and examine our own hearts and allow the Holy Spirit to invite us in to the path of forgiveness and mercy as we look to extend that to others. I want to say a statement and then I want to lead us in just four short thoughts that really have marked my life. I don't want to propose um, or project this onto anybody else. I just want to say these, these have been helpful for me. But it starts with this statement. It's impossible to forgive what we won't face. And so I want to say that, that it is possible to live with a, with a false forgiveness, with a speed by fast food forgiveness, with a mental ascent of forgiveness, like a neglectful stuffing it down inside sort of forgiveness. Um, it's necessary in life. There are some moments from childhood, some moments from youth or young adult that um, really were traumatic and difficult. And, and, and thankfully, life gave us some tools such as stuffing it down or moving fast from it. And it served us well and it's helpful. And uh, I don't want to belittle. Sometimes even, even the Lord can give us a grace for a season. But if we're not careful in the long game of life, we begin to stuff it down and never forget the words of Proverbs 4.23. Above all else, guard your heart. For out of it flow all the issues of life. Part of the guarding your heart is examining your heart, is investigating your heart. One of the things I've realized in my life is that it's impossible for me to forgive what I won't face. And so when we pray the Lord's Prayer, it's ground we're taking by faith. Because some of these moments, even as you reflect this week or you're prayerful this week, the Lord may be so gracious to bring to mind somebody. And maybe his soft knock on the door of your heart saying, hey, forgive them. Let them go. Let that let that be washed in my grace and my mercy. You'll never be able to forget it. But you may be able to forgive it. But it will require that you face it. So my encouragement is that you would slow down to become aware of the extent 
of the hurt and pain. I'm asking you not to deny any trauma or pain or hurt. We want to be a church that isn't known for denying, for fake, inauthentic lives, but for stepping into wholeness and becoming who the Lord has called for us to be. It's not a quick process, and we certainly, I certainly don't want to try to rush you in that process. But I lovingly want to invite you to stop denying the hurt and the pain and the extent Man, there could have been some abandonment and you just don't ever want to go there in your mind. You do not want to think about the effect and influence it's had on your life. But I want to encourage you in order for you to forgive your father, your mother, your grandparent, the guardian, the extended family. In order for you to step into that, you have to face it. Now, I'm not saying camp out here for 10 years. No, 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 no. I'm saying it can happen in one short moment with the Lord where you turn and you face what you've been running from. And you admit, maybe you write down on a piece of paper. Maybe you write a letter and never send it, but it's where you identify the extent of the pain, the extent of the hurt, the rejection you felt. Peter Scazzaro in Emotionally Healthy Discipleship He nudges and directs us towards the Psalms. He says the Psalms are loved for good reason. He said there is a Psalm for every sigh. The longest book in the Bible includes Psalms of adoration, thanksgiving, wisdom, repentance, and even Psalms expressing doubt. Most of them were written according to tradition by David. The majority, however, are far from cheerful. Half to two-thirds of the 150 psalms are classified as laments. Lament is to grieve. It's to enter the loss that was experienced. It's to land the plane at that airport, knowing you will take off again, but you got to land the plane and recognize what went on. Like you've already bought the ticket, and you're ready to take the next flight, but before you board the plane, you've got to walk through that airport. Does that make sense? You've got to, you've got to allow for the plane to touch down. <laughs> Sometimes in our journey with God, I know I've been guilty of it, and it's like, if, if the airport is, is where the Lord's asking me to land um, and, and to face it, I'm kind of like, you know what? Let's do another flyby. Let's do, let, 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 listen, listen, let's just fly by here for a while. And you know what? God is so graceful in that, and we want to be too. Like you might not quite be ready. This message, there's a good chance it's too early. But I think it's right on time for your soul. And so uh, Peter Scazzari goes on. He says, the laments never flinch in paying attention to the reality that life can be hard, difficult, and even brutal. He goes on to quote some Psalms. Psalm 42, 3, tears have been my food day and night. Psalm 43, 2, why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? Psalm 88, 6 and 7, you have put me in the lowest pit, in the darkest depths. You have overwhelmed me. Like, are are we allowed to have that language? Are we allowed to, to, to enter that pain? Hear me loud. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. It's necessary. It's necessary for moving forward in our faith. It's necessary for making room for even more of God's love, God's kindness. Why run when we can face it? I think we have many reasons to run. It's just too hard. It's too significant. The cut is too deep. And yet, Jesus invites us to pray that ground before we take it by saying, Father, forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. I can't propose when it will happen, but I can promise it will happen. That as you establish the consistency of the Lord's prayer in your daily prayer life, Maybe you do it like me. It's just one of the dimensions of your prayer life in the beginning and the end of each day. What it begins to do is it begins to form you from the inside out. That over the last decade of implementing this, I have become more and more and more aware of my need for God's grace. Like I'm a self-righteousness junkie. The Lord has had to set me free and deliver me and continues to, to, to this day. But it doesn't just stop with me. It's now the calling to extend it towards others. And I'm telling you that if, if you can, you will pray this ground by faith, not by sight, not by the circumstances, but through faith. But it does come with an awareness of the hurt, of the pain, and being willing to touch down ever so temporarily and to grieve the loss. In fact, that's the, the second thought here. Not only slow down to kind of investigate the extent of it, but now slow down to actually grieve the loss. To be solemn, to be silent, to be aware and grieve the loss. Grief from a trespass, it can show up expectedly at times and unexpectedly at times. There are moments I have grieved watching a sitcom. There are moments I have grieved uh, watching, a, uh, watching a, a, a show that I thought was going to be inspiring and encouraging. It was, but it drew me to tears because it hit a pain point in my life. And I entered the grief, even quickly at times, right? Sometimes there are moments of hearing a song and it'll jog a memory. And that memory brings forward some pain and reminds me of the kindness and the mercy of God. There are other moments where it's a little longer, it's a little lingering. It's like a shadow for a season of life, but it's responsible for our soul that we do the due diligence to allow the Holy Spirit to breathe life as we enter the loss that we've experienced. So we slow down to grieve the loss. We slow down to receive the healing. Can I tell you, we can only receive the healing to the extent we're aware of the hurt. Listen, that's a good thought. I need more amens than that. <laughs> but we can only receive the healing to the extent we're willing to face or recognize the hurt. 
And some of us have been running for way too long, way too fast, stuffing way too deep. And the Lord is calmly inviting us again through this message of forgiveness to do the deep work and allow for the healing of heaven. I don't want to rush this upon you. I don't want to drive this upon you. I think any good shepherd knows that sheep take time to heal. But I do believe that when we say the phrase, your best days are ahead, honestly, this is what I'm talking about. That there is a wholeness on the other side of the hurt and the pain. That there is a healing on the other side of the difficulty, the rejection, the abandonment, the abuse. And I don't want to even propose how or where that happens, but I do know the source is the Holy Spirit who comforts and brings counsel. Amen. And then from that healing, we slow down to envision a renewed future. Man, it's only possible to envision a renewed future once we are healed by the Holy Spirit. And sometimes that happens in remarkably fast ways, remarkably quick ways. I mean, there have been some seasons I thought, oh, my Lord, this is going to be a slog fest to get to the other side of my healing. Oh, my goodness. And I've noticed that in a short moment, the Lord would bring healing. One of the things the Lord or one of the vessels the Lord uses for me is, is music. And a couple of years ago, 2020 and the difficulty and the um, the, the, the pain and the loss and the obscurity of all that we were feeling, right? Now, I know I wasn't alone in that. It, 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 in some ways, is now a distant memory. But the unsurety of 2020 and uh, the, the, the absence of community, the absence of our, our regular rhythms and all that was taking place. And, you know, as a church, man, there was a lot of good happening. But there was also a transitional season for, for some people. Lost some, some close friends, lost some, lost some families along the way. The Lord has been so gracious in returning over tenfold. However, there was pain in I remember one time, get this, it happens in unsurprising and surprising ways. Surprising ways for me. I was at Planet Fitness working out and stumbled into a worship album by artist named Corey Asbury. And the album, I think, is called To Love a Fool. And they had released a little live version of the album. So I started listening to that and I heard the Holy Spirit say, I want you to listen to this. I want you to let these words into your soul. And so the, the month was October. It was October of 2020. And I like to work out about four or five times a week. And every time I worked out, I'd put that album on. And I kid you not, I'd be, I'd be doing, doing some dead weights. I'd be, I'd be lifting. I'd be on the treadmill or the elliptical, get, getting my cardio on. And the Holy Spirit would just be reassuring my soul. Just comforting with words from songs like the Father's House, songs like Sparrows and Canyons and Dear God, and different words that Corey Asbury had written, and yet they filled 
a part of my heart, a healing place. God has a healing place for you. He has a healing season. He has a healing moment. And I don't want to project again or, or try, to, try to pinpoint how that can happen. But I will say he's so gracious when we're willing to face And there's no true forgiveness unless we are true to face the pain that we've received. Amen. I hope that resonates and and consoles and comforts your heart today. And I want to also encourage you, if you feel a bit stuck with the pain and with the difficulty, if if life has dealt you a few blows, um, Know that you're not alone. And I don't mean that in a you're not significant way. No, I I mean that in a comforting and and counseling way. Like we are all wounded healers on this path. Like, you know, um, we're all having wrestled with God now limping as we step into our new identity in Christ. Like we are all recipients of his grace and his mercy. We are all in recovery from having run so far, so fast. But now we drink deep from his mercy and the depth of his love and kindness towards us. And I pray for you that you, in time, would be able to live and walk out these words. Forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. God bless you. Thank you for this time.